0: On this episode, I talk with special guest Dan Small of Outdoor Wisconsin as we discuss how learning deer's eating habits can help create a more successful hunt on public land. Stay tuned!
1: Hunt, 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 hunt. Hunt,
0: hunt, hunt hello and welcome to the where to hunt podcast the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is September 29th. I'm your host Eric Clark. Welcome back to another awesome episode of the where to Hunt podcast uh, got a little bit to get into today we're bringing on our guests pretty soon. I'm just going to go ahead and front-end load some of this this stuff here. Um, if you want to get in touch with uh, me, Eric, Where to Hunt, uh, the podcast, the Facebook page, the app, anything that you might have questions about, if you want to provide some insight, um, suggestions, things of that nature, you can go ahead and uh, email us at hunt at gmail.com. That's the word where, the number two in the word hunt, wy at gmail.com, and um, can check us out on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash where to hunt Wisconsin, all spelled out, and Twitter, at W2Hunt, or our website, which is publiclandpride.com. That all said, I'm going to go ahead and bring on our guest. All right, we're going to go ahead and welcome our guest of the week to the show. This week, we have Dan Small with Outdoor Wisconsin. How are you doing, Dan?
1: Pretty good. Right, how are you?
0: Doing well. Thank you. And Thanks so much for taking time to uh, you know be a guest this week.
1: Oh, no, no problem. I'm always happy to talk about deer.
0: Awesome, man, me too. Um, Well, there's a lot of people that obviously do know about you, um, but for those that may not, uh, you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, For the past 31 years, I've been hosting Outdoor Wisconsin, which is a weekly Uh, outdoor magazine, half-hour outdoor show on public television stations throughout the state. Uh, In the Milwaukee area, we air on Milwaukee Public TV at 9 o'clock on Thursday nights. And in Madison and around the state, we air, I believe it's uh, Friday evening, uh, but you should always check listings on the digital channel. So that's 21.2, 38.2, and so on. And I've been doing that for uh, three decades, and then for the last, 20-some years, I've been doing a, an hour-long deer hunting special. In fact, we've just wrapped up recording uh, interviews and stuff for that show, and that's going to air uh, in early November. It's going to air on public TV, both in Milwaukee and the state digital network on um, 9 o'clock, Thursday, November 5th, and there are some other times on Fox Sports North and Fox Sports Wisconsin. And then in addition to that, I've got a radio show, like you do, uh, and that's on 13 stations around the state at various times. And the best way to figure out when and where you can listen to the show on, on broadcast is to go to Lake Link and that's lake-link.com and just uh, type in the keyword radio and you'll find two shows uh, come up and mine is one of them and it'll uh, give you a link to the podcast or the stream. You can listen to the show right there or there's also a link um, that tells you uh, when and where we're on broadcast stations. So, that's pretty much what I do in addition to writing for Wisconsin outdoor news and Wisconsin sportsman magazine. And those four things keep me pretty busy. Yeah.
0: I, mean, I would have to say, so <laughs> it's a lot to rattle off and even recall, let alone doing all the work involved with each of those facets. Yeah. Come, come com- coming along with that then, um, real quick, how long, how-, how long have you been hunting?
1: Well, I've been hunting since it was legal uh, for me. I grew up in upstate New York and, uh, back when I was a kid you had to be 14 so I've been hunting uh, since I was 14 uh, in New York and then of course here in Wisconsin I've lived here for more than 40 years I've been hunting deer, grouse, turkeys, um, uh, pheasants, rabbits, squirrels um, here in in, uh, Wisconsin since the early 70s.
0: Wow so you started upstate New York that's that's pretty cool it's a very I was actually in New York uh, this last June it was beautiful it was absolutely beautiful probably a lot prettier this time of year but
1: yeah, nice. and, and, and people, when you say New York, they think New York City. Well, yep. um, yeah, I'm from western New York, and western New York is in Wisconsin. Trout streams and uh, lots of turkeys. So I, I go back to New York every spring to hunt turkeys.
0: That's exciting. Do you, Okay, so this is one question I ask um, every guest, but do you hunt public land or private land or both?
1: Um, primarily private land, or, yeah, private land, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I used to hunt, um, a fair amount of public land, um, um, for pheasants primarily and for grouse up in the north. But since I moved, uh, south and I live now in the southwest, not far from across, um, I don't get up north so much anymore to hunt grouse. Um, so, um, you know, here, there isn't a lot of public land in the southwest, so I, I got to know a lot of uh, individual landowners and, you know, have permission to hunt on a variety of different private lands. Uh, for turkeys, it's harder to get permission to hunt deer on private land. Um, so, so I hunt on my own land down here or on a little bit of land I own up north in uh, Bayfield County.
0: Good to go. Well, that's a, that's a cool tactic, to, you know, asking individual landowners in the southern southern part of the county or state the um the topic of, of this week's show is trying to cover some of the the like the deer biology um especially as it relates to what deer feed on and when they feed on those types of foods um I, how how extensive is your knowledge with like the the basic deer food groups as it pertains um trying to line it up with public land access and hunting because there's a lot of guys on private land that do food plots and things mm-hmm. like that so there's a huge topic there but you know, it can be really beneficial to understand what a deer is eating when, and insofar as what times of the year to try to get on more deer. Um, what's been what has been your experience with that, if, if if you don't mind? Because I'm sure you've run into a lot of different people in the industry considering, you know, um, your longstanding career in, in in what you've been doing, based on what you described earlier.
1: Well, uh, deer eat. Pretty much the same thing on public land that they eat on private land, with yeah. the exception of agricultural products. You know, on on private land, um, it's soybeans and alfalfa in the summer, and uh, and then corn. when uh, you know, whenever they can get into it, whenever it's uh, you know you know got enough on uh, the years for them to uh, to eat. Um, but outside of agricultural crops, and they don't eat a hundred percent ag crops. Uh, as Some people think they do. Uh, they're They're browsers, and uh, that is they're eating buds and uh, leaves and twigs off of uh, a variety of shrubs and trees. They also eat uh, grasses and what are called forbs, and that is uh, succulent, green, uh, low-growing vegetation like sinkfoil, if you know what that is, and uh, uh, strawberry. Uh, Those are some of the things they eat. But I've seen, I've actually witnessed a deer uh, not too long ago, I was turkey hunting and watching a doe come along the hillside. And uh, this was in early spring and the leaves on little dogwood and little um, uh, plum trees were just coming out. So they were, you know, the, the bushes were not fully leafed out. There were were just a few leaves here and a few leaves there. And this doe was walking along, and she would nibble a little clump of leaves here, and then she'd take a step, and she'd take a a leaf or two off the next bush and a leaf or two off the next bush. And so she was literally, and that's, uh, you know, the term browsing is, um, we talk about people browsing in a library. You know, you kind of walk along, and you look at this book, and you look at that book. Well, that's kind of the way deer eat, is they, you know, they, they don't just chow down in one spot like they do in a bait pile if you put out bait um, that's what they do but um, in nature they walk along and they take a little bite here and a little bite there and you might not see the impact of their feeding except in the winter time when the food is scarce and they eat things like white cedar and then then they create a browse line where you see uh, the, the lower branches of cedar trees just totally browsed off up to uh, the point where deer can reach by standing up on their hind legs um so uh, I, I know that's a rambling answer but no, that, you know, they, that's
0: that's what we're looking for here to be honest yeah. you said a couple of things you know <laughs> when i was looking into this topic um clearly deer eat what they're going to eat regardless of they don't know if they're on public or private land um right. But it's just interesting to think about if if you're on a larger patch of public land and there's not you know crops around, if you're trying to put yourself in a good spot and you're trying to do that based on what the deer might be eating, where their food sources are things of that nature, it's just better to understand you know things like browse and and Forbes you, you try to Google Forbes and it it takes some word crafting on a search engine to get to the point where it talks about, oh, this is what deer eat. Because it, yeah. <laughs> it's such a yeah. such a strange word. And there's not a lot of resources out there that talk about it. By and large, you gotta you gotta kind of dig. So it's nice to have a yeah. conversational tone behind it to just understand. Okay, that's what that stuff is.
1: Yeah. Well, you don't really have to identify the uh, the plants, and I can't identify all, a lot of them myself. You just have to know the kinds of places where these things grow, and and um, and and that's where you find the deer. So, for instance. Um, Gas line and power line rights of way, which cross both public and private land, mm-hmm. and they are often mowed, and sometimes they're sprayed, but um, those that are mowed are actually better because then, you know, you've got uh, everything's growing up fresh right after it's mowed, which is usually once a year or sometimes once every couple of years. So rights of way, that's one, one place where you find a lot of greens. Um, woods edges. Uh, deer and, and other uh, a lot of other uh, wildlife uh, happen to be creatures of the edge. Now we we think of deer as woodland creatures, you know, deep in the in the forest. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot more variety of food and uh, in some cases cover types along the edge of the wood. So you'll find um, you'll find dogwood shrubs, you'll find hazel growing, and then you'll find out in the in the field itself if the if the woods. Uh, it's tall, you know, where the, the tall trees are, and then uh, as you go out a few yards into the woods, you've got uh, apple trees or thorn apple trees, and you've got dogwoods, and it kind of it's almost like tapering down, like a like angling down to the, the grass level. But there's a, a tremendous variety of things for deer to eat in in that situation. Another place you find um, uh, succulent greens for deer to eat is logging trails um, or in um, national and state and county forests up north, where there are hunter walking trails. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, in some instances, these are mowed and actually seeded to clover, and uh, you know it's a it's like a salad bar for deer and grouse and other other animals as well. Now a lot of grouse hunters walk along those trails, but early and late in the day, you can hunt um, you can hunt along them for deer. You can uh, set up a stand between a, uh, a haunted or a walking trail or a logging road and say a bedding area so that you can intercept the deer coming or going. Um, you know, that's always a good strategy. I like also to look for, and I find these, um, up North and sometimes in central Wisconsin on public land. And I, I've stumbled on a lot of these areas, one grouse, hunting, is that's when I spent more time on public land as well as grouse hunting. But, uh, I like to hunt abandoned orchards. So if you find an old farmstead or an old uh, foundation sometimes or an old silo or a silo foundation, look around, you'll find apple trees. And when you find apple trees, you'll find deer. Uh, they, they, you know, apples that hit the ground don't last very long and up north. The bears, the deer, the, the, the rabbits and the grouse eat them up pretty quickly. Uh, so. You know, uh, an orchard is always uh, worth checking out.
0: Absolutely. So those are
1: some of the those are some of the things that deer eat uh, earlier in the season, and then of course now uh, the acorns are dropping.
0: That was yeah. When, I was happy you said that. I was definitely uh, something I was going to ask you because I hear so much chat about acorns. So go on. Thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where when the acorns are dropping. Um, and they eat both the red oak and white oak acorns, but uh, people tell me they prefer the red oak. So if you can tell the difference, um, white oak leaves are lobe, round lobe, and uh, red oak or black oak or pin oak, and those are all varieties of uh, different species of red oak, those leaves are uh, have lobes that are sharp pointed. So if you see pointed uh, oak leaves, those are of the red oak family, and uh, Deer seem to like those acorns better, for, from what I've uh, been told. Um, you, you look for uh, for oaks, look for uh, ac- acorns, look for evidence of deer or turkeys having scratched uh, the ground up to uh, to pick up acorns. Um, Beechnut is another mast crop that deer like. Um, uh, beach nuts are not as regular as uh, acorns; they don't mm-hmm. uh, they don't um, form every year, but when they do, it's usually a bumper crop and beech nuts are the beech tree is not very common away from the great lakes. They, um, uh, they, they tend to be within a few miles of Lake Michigan. Um, and, and you don't have them really in central Wisconsin or Northern Wisconsin in any great abundance. But um, where I used to live over in Ozaukee County, man, we had beech woods there and in the, in the, behind the house and deer and turkeys were in there every year that there were, um, there was a good crop. And, um, You've you got to learn to identify the difference or tell the difference between deer scratchings and turkey scratchings. Um, deer tend to mill around and scratch up a much larger area, whereas turkeys will walk a few yards and they'll scratch maybe a square foot or two square feet. And they'll uh, peck around and they'll pick up the acorns or the beech nuts or the worms or whatever they find. And then they'll walk along, and they'll do it again. And their scratchings all generally point uh, in the direction that the birds are moving. That is, they they walk forward and they scratch backwards. So if you see uh, a small area that looks like a you know, kind of like a scrape, and all the leaves are kind of pushed in one direction, that means sure. the turkeys were going the opposite way. You know, they're going the way um, toward the the uh, the open end of the. Scratching deer just kind of mill around, and so if you see a lot of leaves moved around and areas that are that are kind of torn up, that's probably where deer are feeding. So there's no point in hunting deer where the turkeys are feeding. I mean, they <laughs> they will feed in the same areas, but you know, make sure you're uh, make sure you're sitting on uh, on deer feeding activity and not turkey activity.
0: Makes a lot of sense. No, and that, that's pretty part for the course. Every time I go deer hunting, I see turkeys everywhere. It's ridiculous. Of course, you know that's the animal I see when I'm trying to get something else. To some other tag filled, but I had an instance when I was bow hunting last—I year I think it was last year—and I had um, you know a couple doe coming down uh, a deer trail, and then some turkeys coming perpendicular, and neither one of them had seen each other or noticed each other. By the time they figured out, they both freaked out and went the opposite directions. I was like, oh, "That was stupid to just watch. Dang it!" You know, it's yeah. like the blind leading the blind out there is really silly scenario. Yeah. But.
1: Yeah, I think they startle each other occasionally uh, like that. I had um, I actually missed the turkey one time because uh, it was walking along the trail and I saw two deer. But uh, I passed the turkey. You know, the turkey was between me and the deer, and uh, I was concerned that the deer might spook the, spook the turkey. And I shot too soon, and the turkey got away.
0: <laughs> it's kind of cool to be out there and see that kind of stuff happening. You always wonder how they interact with each other. People get that stuff caught on the trail cams, but it's cool to see it yourself. Yep. yep. No, you've, you've covered the topic. Well, um, I don't know. There's probably tons more that you could, you could speak to, but that's the, that's the gist of it. I just wanted to kind of give people some direction and and thought on, on what to look for and how to not, not like you said, not the specific plant type per se, but just general areas. And even the thing with the turkeys and and knowing that all those leaves are pointed in the same direction. That's a turkey that's not a deer. I'm not going to waste my time in this spot. It's super, super insightful kind of things that someone hears this podcast when they listen to it they carry that with them it's just gonna make someone a little bit better a little sharper out there that they wouldn't have considered before if they didn't already yeah. know
1: that but yeah let me let me throw in one bit of advice here yeah um, thank you whatever food source you're hunting um, it's generally better to set up a stand between that food source and a bedding area rather than park right on the food source now uh, in an oak woods you can you can sometimes get away with putting up a, a stand in uh, right in right in the, right the woodlot and, uh, and in food source but uh, if you find a trail <clears throat> um, or you know that there's some heavy brush not too far away and you see evidence of deer uh, having traveled either along that trail or just through the woods because you see droppings or you can see where the leaves are turned over and they've been walking uh, if you can find a place along that trail Travel corridor that's downwind, and set up a stand, or just hide if you're in, if you're uh, hunting on the ground. Just you know, sit with your back against a tree, or uh, sit on a stump or something. Um, you you have a better chance of intercepting a deer going from the food to bedding areas and back, um, and, and uh, a better chance of, of um, getting a shot at a deer than you do if you on either bedding or feeding areas because um, it's hard to sneak into those areas without busting a deer that might be in there because um, sometimes they'll bed in the middle of the day and sometimes they'll feed in the middle of the day. The typically, feed early, late, or all night, as people know, yep. and then travel back to bed uh, in the morning. And it's often hard. You know, I've, It took me a long time to figure out, well, now I know where they feed. How the heck am I going to get there? <laughs> before daylight without spooking them. Well, duh, you figure out where they're going after the sun comes up and wait for them there. So you don't have to be sitting on the food source. You just sit, you know, 200 yards from the food source because you know they're going to come back this way. So no, that's, that that's it awesome. doesn't work all the time, but it's, uh, you know, it's it's something to keep in mind.
0: Well, we get fixated and we get our blinders on and we think we're onto something. You you want to, you're like, oh, there's tracks, there's sign, they are obviously feeding here. I'm going to put up right here. And then you kind of are not looking at the big picture, like you said, back yep. up 200 yards and, and you're going to have a better shot at it. If you're intercepting from their bettering area, cause they have to go back. Um, as long as you haven't busted it already, but you know, and you make another good point earlier on too, where you're talking about, you know, some of these, some of these trails, the power line, um, trails or whatever that's cut and, and, or even the hunting trails. It's so funny on public land, people will ridicule other hunters for being lazy sometimes. But in fact, you know, there's a lot of the sign you'll see and a lot of the deer you'll see will be right off the trail or you come back to your truck and you have all these, all these tracks right there and you're like, what the heck? You know, yeah. I, I trudge yeah. all the way in the woods, you know, five miles or whatever it might be and, and didn't see anything to get back and you see all, these, all the sign that wasn't there on the way in, if it's snowy or whatever. Um, that mm-hmm. might not even be the best example If it's snowy, but it, again, it's just another, another thing to consider how you can strategize your, your plan of attack. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and, and and one other thing. Now that, now that we're talking, um, if you've got if if you've got public land that borders crop lands, and there there are a lot of places absolutely in the state where where you know you, you you've got acres and acres of corn, and then there's a row. Um, uh, well, well, there's a fence line, and then it's woods, and that happens to be public hunting land, whether it's state or county forest or just private land that was. Um, You know, it's open to public hunting. Well, instead of parking yourself right on the edge where the deer are going to go out into the field, if you can backtrack, again, find a trail that's a couple hundred yards, maybe not even that far, maybe just 75 yards back into the woods, you have a better chance of getting a shot, especially at a buck. Because... um, Early in the year, now, you know, once the rut is on and once the gun season is on, you know, all bets are off because deer do crazy things. But before they're being disturbed, I've uh, watched uh, soybean fields in late summer, and the first thing that comes out is a doe and a fawn or two, and then maybe a half hour later, a small buck or two, and then eventually, just before dark, the the buck that most people want to shoot. And that buck. He didn't just make a beeline from his bedding area out to the field at, at dark. He worked his way from bedding, uh, wherever he was bedding, to the field edge. And he maybe, maybe he hung around for 15, 20 minutes, half an hour or more, watching the deer activity in the field to see whether anything was bothering them. He didn't get to be a three- or four-year-old deer by just sauntering out in the field when he was hungry.
0: I've heard and that so before. That's so in, that's so crazy to think that they are really that intelligent, you know. Um, if yeah, like okay, so if the other if the other deer that are out there, the small buck, the doe, the fawns, if they're keeping eye on one particular corner or they're you know acting really edgy, yeah, that buck's gonna hang back, like you said. That's yeah. Real, I mean, that just yeah. blows my mind that that's what we're up against sometimes, you know. So you got to really think it through, like you said.
1: Yeah. Now, you know, I, I, I don't give them a lot of uh, mental intelligence or, yeah, or human that. intelligence, but they're wary. And they have learned that if I stay here until dark, I get to come back tomorrow. You know, yeah. And, uh, you know, they I won't say they're not stupid, but they certainly are are. Uh, uh, they're very alert, they're very wary, and, and they pay attention to other deer. So if a, a doe and a fawn are out there in the field and they're feeding and their tails are just flicking back and forth, you know, and everything's uh, hunky-dory, that buck will come out. But if, if the doe is uh, stomping her feet, snorting, if her tail goes up, you're not going to see him that night. Right. Not very likely, anyway. But if he's hanging back and your stand is, you know, 50, 75 yards from the woods, chances are... You'll get a shot at him while they're still shooting light, legal light, before he commits to going out in that field. I mean, you don't care whether you take them on the edge or back in the woods. No, absolutely but you won't not. You get have a to shot. drag them
0: either way, yeah.
1: Yeah, you won't get a shot sometimes if you're if you're right out on the edge. I've seen I've seen stands all along the edge of the field. Well, that's nice, but you know, <laughs> the, deer, the deer like canopy cover. They're going to be back in the woods uh, most of the time.
0: No, all very good information. Dan, I thank you so much for taking time to to chat with me today on the show.
1: Yeah, you bet. Glad to do it. Looking for a spot to hunt? Download the free Where to Hunt app for your smartphone today. Avoid hunters, see less people, see more deer. With the Where to Hunt app, you will know where other hunters are before you see them. Just search Where to Hunt from the App Store to download today.
0: you guys enjoyed the interview with dan small smart guy he's been doing this stuff for a long time so he really knows what he's talking about i personally got a lot out of that hopefully you guys did too um for our tip of the week it's not a, D- a diy um we'll, we'll come back to that next week but what i what i, I house another podcast too it's actually called the wilderness podcast and I talk a lot in there about how much I, I have this hatred for mosquitoes. I, I just, man, I, I don't know, I can't stand them. It, it ruins a good time, it, it kills the mood, they're frustrating, they're aggravating, they, nothing is good about them. They can kill you, they give you West Nile virus, whatever. Um, so as an early season bow hunter, that's something you have to battle with a little bit depending on where you're going to go. And in fact, my first bow hunt out this season, I was in a cattail marsh, and um, before the season started. I'd read a couple reviews and I heard from another a couple other hunters, friends, things of that nature that, uh, you know, I should really try out the Thermacell because I hate bugs so much or mosquitoes. So I did. I, I tried it out and um, lo and behold, the thing worked magnificently. Hands down, without a doubt, the best freaking 20 some odd bucks I've spent, um, especially in relation to hunting. I hate mosquitoes and I've had a difficult time dealing with them in early bow season before. So um, even in a full-on marsh right by a uh, a creek but i mean i could see the mosquitoes i could see them everywhere and initially it takes this thing a little bit to kick in um but once it does it not a chance no no mosquitoes bother you at all or and they didn't bother me at all um i went out a second time this past weekend and again was uh at a river bottom um, very swampy. And I, I was on a, a higher ground eventually. But as a result, there was like some nasty little pond nearby too. I was trying to hunt that in some aspect, thinking the deer might get thirsty and going for water. Uh, again, a crap ton of mosquitoes. Nonetheless, um, playing the wind as best I could. The deer came from a different direction than I had expected. And, uh, you know, I, I practice scent control as best as any hunter can try to. But I had the thermosail with me again. And 6 doe came through. And not a not an issue at all. Um, I don't know at, at what point it would be a concern in terms of scent, but I had read on some other uh, forums and things of that nature people talking about this thermocell that you can actually get the dirt-scented one or something like that, or to filter it out. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't see that when I bought mine, but again, a twenty-some odd dollar purchase, great investment for early season bow hunting when you're battling mosquitoes. It will, it will save your hunt if if you are as um, against mosquitoes and have a hatred and and loathe them. Um, if you're any anything like me in that regard, I recommend that. That's my tip for the week. I won't go on and on and on about it, but, um, that's what I have to say about that.
1: I have my GPS and I never lose my place I am a hunter and I am safe Welcome
0: to the final section or segment of the show Uh, Still am not sure what to call this segment We'll figure it out one of these days Um, This week's episode I have a weird one from Texas Let's make fun of Texas, they're a big state There's a lot of people so you're you're bound to find some stupid down there um, or anywhere for that matter now that might sound derogatory but it is what it is you don't have to listen but really it's just a, it's a way to have a call out to be safe you know learn from others learn from other mistakes or others mistakes and this one um, this is from 2013 actually so I'm digging a little deeper here but there's a, a conception that uh, there's a group of hunters in general um, a lot of, in Wisconsin too, uh, where people say if it's brown, it's down. And that's cool, right? You got to feed your family. You got to put meat in the freezer, um, stuff like that. And on public land, it can be scarce. But in this case, if it's brown, it's down, uh, Caused some harm. Here's the uh, synopsis. Shooter shot at brown object 100 yards away, thinking it was a deer. Shooter was unaware of any other hunters on the property. The victim was dressed in brown and camouflage backpack. The bullet struck the victim in the chest, narrowly narrowly missing their heart. It's pretty messed up, actually. 100-yard shot. You think you can you can distinguish through your scope um, what's what's a deer and what's not? And again, being certain of your target and beyond. I don't know if you're if you're gun hunting um, deer with a rifle. If you can make a shot at 100 yards, you better be you better be damn sure what you're shooting at. And and likely that other person should really be wearing blaze orange maybe the case that they were wearing blaze orange doesn't say and they had this what it does say is they had this uh, camouflage backpack so um it's pretty freaking sketchy there's a lot of those things for sale in the big box you know outfitter stores cabela's gander mountain bass pro shops um you know legendary whitetails you can get that kind of gear and it's really nice to have that because there's so many pockets and such but make me think twice about wearing one of those in the woods. I have a little fanny pack. Call it what you will, but it's useful, and it doesn't make me look brown or like a deer, so um, decreases my odds for getting shot at, apparently. Please be safe out there, everybody. Um, These these stories are silly. If it's brown and it's down, yeah, if it's a deer, be sure, all right? Thanks for listening. Hunt public, and uh, we appreciate any feedback you can provide about the show. Keep it coming, and uh, we'll keep we'll keep recording good episodes for you. Thanks so
1: much.